This episode is proudly brought to you by Lululemon. Lululemon are a brand known for yoga, but as we know, their run gear is technical, highly functional, and built to last run after run through the seasons. Check the collection out at lululemon.com.au. Welcome to episode number 242 of the Inside Running Podcast. Thank you for joining us for another week. Big show coming at you because we'll be talking about two Australian records that happened in the last week. Uh, Some Diamond League results there. New South Wales and Victoria had some cross-country stuff going on. And we're just under two weeks away from the Gold Coast Marathon. So, um, yeah, there'll be a bit of talk about that, no doubt, throughout the episode. Welcome my co-host up in Canberra, Brad Croker. Welcome to you. Thanks, Brady. How are you going? Yeah, good, thanks. You getting nervous? Uh, 13 no, days not, out? No, not really. I, um, I'm looking forward to having sort of two weeks now of pretty light training because, um, yeah, the last, yeah, I guess the last six weeks has been pretty solid other than um, a week there where I had a little bit of a niggle. But, uh, yeah, the key now, we're not to get sick. We've got, uh, we got two pretty sick kids in the house. I haven't been to daycare for the last week and they're up middle of the night with coughing fits. So, uh Viv and I are okay at the moment, but hopefully uh, hopefully it stays that way. Yeah, it's a bit around, isn't there? Mm, there is. It's yep. happening. Another co-host, the man down in Anglesey, Julian Spence. Welcome to this week's show. Thanks. Yeah, I copped a bit of that sickness last week, actually. Pretty, like, fluey type stuff. Bree got real sick as well. Testing for COVID every day, but just the just it wasn't, like, all negative. Yeah, there's mm. so much going around. Like, Collis went to the doctor and had a COVID test and he's got, like, ulcers on his tongue. And, mm. yes, yeah, it's, it's not good. Poor yeah, kid, yeah. yeah. That's no good at all. And it's like that when you're this way, like, this close out to a race as well. You're just trying to avoid it and get to the get to the start line, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just difficult because this is, like, when you're at your peak fitness, it's also when you're most susceptible to the, to the illnesses. Yeah, mm. and the problem when you got kids, you, you can't avoid, like, you've got to wipe their nose. Like, you, there's, like, so much bodily fluid that's coming out of them that you just, like, you can't wash your hands all day. Um, no. So, But hopefully they've just got, like, some sort of cold. And obviously kids' immunity is probably not quite as strong. So, yeah, fingers crossed um, we stay okay for the next couple of weeks. Mm. You, you're wearing a... Um... You wearing like an N95 mask? <laughs> no, I haven't been. Well, because even at school now, like we don't have to wear masks at school anymore. Um, you still so wear one been... though? No, I don't. See, I haven't. Ta- I... I've never taken mine yeah. off. I'd be wearing it if I were you. Yeah. Two two weeks out from a marathon, I'm telling all my guys, you you just mask up now. Yeah, there's nothing to lose. Yeah. By wearing it, it I think sometimes you, yeah. I think then sometimes though you can overstress about getting sick that yeah, and you almost you almost like get sick because you're so stressed about you know not wanting to get sick. But mm. 
yeah. But anyway, we're all good at the moment. Anyway, it's been a big week as well, boys. I'm looking forward to talking to you about it all. Uh, we'll start with you, though, Croaks. Tell us about your week, your training yeah. week. Uh, yeah, so Monday, um, I was actually a little bit t- like tired from the travel. Mm. I got home Sunday night at like quarter past 10. Um, and my legs were actually, although I still ran like decent pace on the Monday, my legs were definitely um, a bit heavy and a little bit of like just domsy type stuff but it only really lasted for a day um after uh after launceston um so i did an hour around lunchtime uh 4:14s. then tuesday i did 75 minutes in the morning um so just under 18k out at mulligans and then that afternoon i jumped on the treadmill um it was like and then camera was like five degrees. So like I put, I had like four layers on and um, tights and like a beanie um, and like a little heater. Look, like I don't think the heat's going to be a factor really for Gold Coast. Like you're going to be finished at 8.30. So, and I've never found the heat to be an issue in the past for the marathon, like for when I've paced the marathon. But I thought, oh, I'll just try and put some extra clothes on just to get a sweat up because in Canberra when it's cold, like you just don't sweat and, I think there's some science to it that like your sweat glands just sort of become a bit inactive. Um, whereas if I can actually just get them working again, it, it might help me um, if, if it was to be like a freaky hot day. So I just did um, 8K on the treadmill at 437s. Uh, I never got like, like I definitely was sweating, but like I wouldn't say my heart rate got super high or it, it didn't feel that that intense. So that was, um, that was Tuesday. So I didn't do... Uh, yeah, I didn't do a session because coming off that pretty big Sunday, I didn't end up doing a session until, um, what was it, the Friday. So then Wednesday after work, I went and did two hours. Um, just wanted to get sort of one more um, decent midweek long run in. So 402s for two hours. Um, then Thursday, uh, just my normal sort of 45-minute loop, 416s. Friday morning, went out for... Um, a lap of mulligans 416s for seven and a half k and then my first session for the week uh was just tr- my treadmill six by six minutes um 18 and a half k an hour which is 315s um wore the heart rate strap for that so i think averaged um like high 150 like high 150s for the reps um you know got it got to make like low low 160s sort of as the highest so um, yeah, nothing special there, just ticked it off. And then Saturday, um, just another double. So I did an hour in the morning, 4.15s. And then that afternoon, I did the same thing that I did on the Tuesday with the extra layers. But the difference was it was like 15 degrees in Canberra that day. So the um, the garage in the afternoon was actually quite warm. So I definitely sweated a bit more, but still, like I didn't wear my heart rate strap, but it was, um, yeah, like I certainly wasn't super difficult um and then yeah my last i guess big sort of long run for this sort of marathon prep which normally like if i had done a traditional marathon prep i wouldn't have actually done this run two weeks out like i normally have my last big one three weeks out but i haven't really done a lot of marathon specific stuff so i thought i could get away with doing something reasonably solid um with two weeks to go so i did 25 so i parked at yerby pond did 25k um, out around sort of mulligan so like a few hills nothing super crazy uh came back to the car changed the shoes and did um 8k which is like two laps of yerby pond 
um, at around sort of three fifteens, and then two and a half k cooldowns. So ended up running uh, about thirty five and a half k in um, three fifty one average overall. I uh, made the same mistake that you make with your Coros Brady. I had I had two watches on for the day. I had my um the Garmin music one so I could listen to music, but then I had the Coros because I thought you know the you know Coros is probably a little bit more accurate. And then I'm 400 metres up the road and I realised that the Coros hadn't started. <laughs> so then started it. Um, so, yeah, the the file that's on Strava is the Coros one, which missed about 400 metres. So, um, yeah, it was pretty solid. Like my biggest week in like a, a long time, just under 100, well, 166K, um, which, yeah, for the last, I reckon, 10, 10 days up until end of yesterday, I'd done like probably 240K. So look, like I feel, I feel tight. Like I feel strong. I guess that's the best way to put it. Like definitely feel like I've run a lot in the last ten days, but my legs feel really, really strong. Like I, I didn't feel super tired even at the end of that run yesterday. Probably more just to, um, like glycogen depleted. Like I, I took two gels on that whole run, which is not a lot. And I think with the amount that I've run over the last ten days my glycogen stores are probably quite low anyway. So just having the two gels is probably just enough to maintain it without feeling like super fresh from an energy point of view. But in terms of how my legs felt, I was, um, I was pretty happy with that. So yeah, I'm pretty much done now. I'll just, um, probably 120 K this week, two sort of lightish sessions and then, uh, something real light next week for the race. Hayes in the barn. Pretty much, That's yeah. Good. Any communication yet with the race pace? Who you no, got? No, nothing. I did Not see um, Lindsay Flanagan put on her Instagram that she's coming out to do it. Two twenty six American lady. So I think she's oh, yeah. one. And um, Steph Bruce. Yeah, Ross, I, Ross and Bruce. I Ross Steph Bruce. Yeah. From her, but I also heard that she was coming as well. Yeah, I saw something. Um, something on social media okay. said she was coming. Yeah. Be good if they announced this stuff, wouldn't it? Like yeah, I thought, hype. Is it, well, is, does it usually happen before this? Well, go, like normally Gold Coast are pretty late in announcing their um, elite fields, but it's one thing that the major marathons do really well is like they mm. announce who's coming like quite a long way out. Like, you know, you know Kipchoge's running Berlin or, um, you know, that, you know, um, Valencia this year, you've got Gide, like, which is, you know, what, six months away, but you know that she's running that race. So it would be good to, um, yeah, get a bit more hype around the event. Much bigger names in the sport, but I still think they could do it, yeah, five, six weeks out, just to build that engagement. Yeah, I agree. Get people excited. Let the pacer know who he's pacing. <laughs> All those kind of things. Yeah. Helpful uh, for the podcast if they do that. <laughs> well, we're also trying to promote their event. Like, And there's, I suppose there's not many people you know, talking about running in Australia in the media, but, yeah, it'd be, good, it'd be nice to know. Mm. So we'll maybe, maybe hopefully yeah. this time next week we'll know more. Mm. I said that about the Commonwealth Games and World Championships teams last week. Still haven't heard anything about that. That's a good week, Bradley. You're strong. Just don't get sick. And you'll be, uh, yeah, I guess we need to wait. Yeah, next week we need to know what pace you're going through at. Yeah, through halfway. That's going to dictate your race, isn't it? Yeah. When you I'm potentially leave, how fast you're going to kick it down to pull in some of these fellas that are aiming for 220, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like I'm hoping it's on the. I'm hoping it's the quicker pace. Um just because, you know, I feel like that's already like a decent, you know, like 223.30 feels like it's it's solid as it is 
And so you don't have to kick down a lot to like, you know, run then low 220s. Whereas I feel like when you're on 225 pace, like it's a pretty big kick down and it's probably not my strength at the moment um, is like that, that speed. So um, anyway, I guess we'll, I'll find out in the next week. Maybe What's just that to... then? So you go through 70, say you 70... get the 7230 pace. Yeah. You would have to run 67. 30 to run 220 yeah so, and uh, yeah and like i can't run i can't run a 67 30 off that at the moment like that doing, six, yeah. 67 30 is too quick for me and that's in whereas the second that, half. yeah in the second half whereas that 45 going through 45 seconds faster through halfway like you know you run then 69 and you know you, you're like what's that 221 then or something um yeah well, yeah well no it was that 7145. So it'd be like 22045, wouldn't it, if you ran 69 off that? 69 yeah, it would flat. Be. Yeah. Yeah, which um, is more doable. But yeah, even then, I'd, I'd be pretty stoked if I could run a 69 flat off off the back. But we'll see. It's hard to know, isn't it, how much damage it does to you going through in that 7145 if you do get that one? Yeah, yeah. So I'm more just interested to see how my legs go the back end because I have not run from a time point of view. I think two two hours twenty has been the longest I've run. Um, I haven't done any of those. Look, yeah, I've done some solid long runs, but I haven't done your traditional, you know, four by five k or before BYR I did two by eight k a couple of times. I did two by twelve k, um, but you know, I, I feel pretty strong at the moment. Mm. Should explain to the listeners as well. Part of your pacing job is you'll have different checkpoints to get to in certain times where you get paid. So you'll have yeah. like your first one at halfway and then the option to go to 25, 30, 35. Yeah. And they normally have, they normally give you 15 seconds either side of the goal pay. So if they wanted me to go through 72.30, um, I'd pretty much have between like 72.15 and 72.45, that sort of range. You know, the year I did it, Moose, how close I got to the pin? Oh, two, two what seconds. What do you mean? Two seconds you, over I was. the only pacer? Yeah, yeah, well, Croaks was helping as well. <laughs> this, this was after Troopy tore into shreds after 5K. I feel like going over is a fail. No, no, like they give you, say it was like 72, it's like you can be 15 seconds under or over. But yeah, I was but like being two over, being over would be a fail. Mate, I was like 25 seconds under the first 5K when Troopy was yelling at me. Yeah, that's put, a fail Had to put too. the brakes on, yeah. <laughs> I think we were, um, I think back then, Brady, it was about 73 through halfway. Yeah, it was, yeah. And I reckon we were like 73.02 or something like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, did a good job that day. Oh, it's exciting. Moose, tell us what you've been doing. Getting sick, um, pulling out of races. Yeah, yeah. So I I had a bit of a horror week, to be honest. Um, what did I start on? I had the Monday off because uh, I ran on the Sunday. Um, so let me just pull up. The, where we're at so it was the 13th of june that we started on uh so i went for a bike ride uh haven't been on the bike for a while so got out and then ran the next morning 10k actually felt pretty good seemed to run pretty fast and thought things were coming along and then yeah the next day ran the same again 10k uh and exactly the same pretty much exactly the same pace just a tiny bit slower uh, then I did start to feel a bit sicker after that. So that was the 15th. The 16th, I just wanted to string three days together. I hadn't done that yet in the build. So three consecutive days. We got the ASICs 
met a speed sky sent to us so i thought oh, i'll go test these out for just 20 minutes around the uh the pavement i didn't want to take them on the dirt because they were brand spankers and it was pissing rain so i just ran on concrete for uh, 20 minutes and um then i started to feel pretty shit to be honest uh so that was thursday and then thursday night actually um that was thursday morning so thursday night i was getting sick uh but at the same time like my dog was getting sick as well like that night started throwing up and um in the end had to stay up all night because we rushed him to uh the surgery clinic in melbourne like a an emergency vet and Jeez. he yeah no it was no good like this was so at about i reckon it was 4 30 in the morning while the diamond league was going on um i was sitting on the maccas waiting for the like the vet to give us a call um but in it, it like he his stomach had twisted which is a problem big dogs get like they um they have like a soft they they said that his was probably some sort of pre-existing cancer that we didn't know about or some esophageal thing but in the end like they found his stomach was too uh like damaged and so they put him down Oh, so it was shit. Yeah. Sorry to hear that. Oh, shit, Moose. I wasn't expecting that. You were just talking about his dog like two weeks ago. Hey? I know. Yeah. Train him up. Yeah. The dog yeah. featured a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And, um, he in display picture and stuff, isn't he somewhere? In one of your social medias? Don't you have your dog in there? Maybe Facebook. Yeah, I reckon. Cedric. Yeah. Cedric, yeah. yeah. Oh, so, yeah, sad, it sucks, Moose. actually. He yeah. was eight years old, so pretty good, um, pretty good run for a big dog like that. They, they don't get... The life that a small dog gets but yeah no he was he um yeah it just leaves a bit of a hole though mm. i don't know uh you just expect you, them being around don't you like just yeah, yeah like little things too like like tonight like finish your meal and you're like i'll give the leftovers to the dog mm. yeah mate i was, was not ex- like i was not expecting that even when you're telling the story yeah yeah neither <laughs> die. yeah but so um I actually like didn't sleep at all and off the back of having sickness like I was fucked Friday I was cooked like just totally spent and then Saturday I, th- I woke up and I thought yeah I'll go to crude and, and I'll jog around um, but Brie has also got really sick like she has like mastitis which is infection in the breast from like blocked um, ducts or whatever and um she got really ill from that like fevers and uh so i i stayed home looked after pia a little bit so i didn't make it which was unfortunate because um it looked like it was a good day out there uh yeah so that was well i did i did jog 8k felt like shit like felt like proper shit um i thought during that run i'm like 8k this used to be my double and it actually feels like a proper hard long run to me. So I knew I was in a bit of strife. Um, and Sunday morning, I rode. There was a workout going on. So we, what are we, two weeks from Gold Coast? Uh, the crew had their last little sort of tempo. Um, I rode with Jimmy Friend and Sim McInnes, both looking, both running the marathon up there. Those guys will be around sort of the the 240 pack if there's a few out there look around you'll see a big bloke 
with a big beard and long hair in surf coast singlet most likely and and sim is a much smaller girl than jim <laughs> uh but yeah that was they had a good workout the, the morning was epic for it i just rode around and ran in the afternoon ran seven and a half k and again just like seven and a half k is is pretty far for me right now i think it i'm hoping it's the sickness as to why i feel this bad but it's a bit worrying um sounds like me at the start of the year moose like coming off covid and in the calf like i went out to the treadmill and i had it on 12 12k an hour so five minute k's and i was running at that for like three minutes and my heart rate went through the roof mm. and it like it does feel like a long way back but it's also quite rewarding then when you just see that progress yeah which you don't get when like you've experienced it like when you've been going well and you string together like months on months on months like you don't really see a lot of improvement once you're actually up and running well it's more about just maintaining it and hoping that you then improve slowly over a long period of time but when you're first coming back you'll see pretty big gains early on yeah you you do but that those months that you link up when you get a little niggle and you have like one week off two weeks off you can come back pretty quick like you don't you don't understand how unfit you can get after you have like a good six or eight weeks off but before that when you're running wasn't it like 160k a week if you if you're having a rest of 40k a week your fitness is still like on a big decline since when you were fit <laughs> yeah. like i feel like i'm getting un- more unfit running 40k a week because i'm still on a regression from when i was actually very good mm-hmm. but uh, i don't know whether that's true or not it just feels like that yeah, i'm just looking at your towers here moose this is very yeah. uh, <laughs> looks like, looks like there's been a bulldozer through the town at certain points <laughs> yeah yeah it's not impressive tower and that's including cycling as well yeah <laughs> that's the problem <laughs> Half of that is cycling right there. Gee, it looks good from October to January, though. Last year, this year. Last year. Well, they're the sort of towers you want. Anyway, um, so, yeah, I got 40K in or just under. So, like, I'm consistent there. And let's see how this week goes. I'm running the relays, though, and if, you know, if all goes to plan. Um, that's at Murniong, St. Anne's Winery, another St. Anne's. Yeah, they must have a deal with St. Anne's, hey? Pretty good deal from St. Anne's, I reckon. Yeah, opening up their vineyards, their paddocks. You're going to be in your uh, top team? That's you, a good question, Jorm actually. Had a, had a good result, up to fifth for Jorm. Fifth place. They Look, we had a couple out as well. Like, we had a bloke get COVID. Hoffman got COVID, who would have been a score member. Hoffman um, from Aubrey. Oh, yeah, yeah, at Geelong fella. <laughs> His mum, lives in Bowen His mum lives in Bowen Okay, I'll give him that. Yeah, You can't so, talk, Brady. I've got a Bendigo singlet in my cupboard. <laughs> not this season, correct? And you live in a chuka. We're doing it all with locals this year. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. You guys have um, a good one. Fifth? Was... No, I was proud of the fellas. I was, like, refreshing the results all day, and then I saw the team results, and I'm like, fucking fifth, you beauty. Like, that's a great result right there. That is a brilliant result for us. Um and I feel like there's a bit of buy-in happening, feeling like the guys are starting to get real, like, uh, almost a, a, a loyalty to the team, which we're loving. That's what you need. Culture. Expectation Culture. that you're going to be there. That kind of stuff. 
Takes you from seventh to fifth in a week. That's yeah. what that does. 258 points. You nearly got fourth. Western A's as well, 245. Yeah, that, that, that's, that would have been good. That's the scalp. one man right there. That's the one man who, who goes up from 85th or whatever to, to 65th. Mm. There's our 20 points. That's how it happens. I'll go yep. through my week, eh? A bit of an interesting week because I was coming off a race, so trying to recover. Um, at the same time, I was trying to prep for a race, as in um, this race we're just talking about, the 12K cross country. And at the same time, I was trying to do a bit of training because, um, you know, my next A race is Gold Coast Half Marathon in, well, it was three weeks when this week started. So bit of a mix there trying to pull all three of those things off and kind of got there I'm a bit kind of nasally a bit sick at the moment which maybe could be run down and I haven't pulled it off but Monday uh 65 minutes easy 439 pace good to have a queen's birthday holiday croaks after being away for the weekend that was nice would have been shocking going back to work Monday after being away all weekend and then um 30 minutes in the afternoon at 437s just listening to the footy big win by the Collingwood Magpies that was good to listen to when I was just going along, beating the top I got two, two points on this one, yep. two comments. Number A, not, that's not a number, that's a letter. Point A, yep. comment uh, comment on your run. Started listening to, to Bat Chat. Anything with you in it is just really an enjoyable listen. Oh, <laughs> what a beautiful <laughs> comment. Second comment, I agree. I love his voice. Oh, what is this going on? I'm a, I'm a bit this off is to, making me nauseous. I'm a bit off today, tonight, fellas. I'm a bit nasally, so it's a bit different tonight. But uh, stick who with would me. love your voice? I don't, I don't understand. It's a real beautiful voice for radio, isn't it? Real <laughs> unique. Second point. Yep. Jordan Degoe, discuss. Where's Where's your thoughts on this? I haven't seen the video. The, the, no, no, about... Forget the video. The man's in Bali at a nightclub during a season where he's he plays a professional sport. Yeah. Like, are we are we accepting that that is an okay thing to do in the middle of a, your, your season? You're getting paid however many hundreds of thousands, perhaps a million. This guy, I don't know what he gets paid, but f- fucking hell, you're a professional athlete. Behave like one. Dennis, I know you've got Dennis a lot. Rodman. Remember, he used to do it for the for the Bulls. He's not fucking Dennis Rodman. <laughs> He's a bloke with a problem, and the guy gets an off season. Go and do this shit in your off season. Like, what about the 21 blokes that you're lining up with? or Like, every week going, oh, yeah, you went to Bali, you were pissed for four days straight. Who knows how much you slept, and now you're going to play next to me, and we're going to pay you, like, 50 grand per game. I just think that is so bullshit, and that is just a poor cultural thing. And imagine if a runner... Yeah, you'd never expect that in our sport, would you? but But this is why I think... A lot of like this is the difference between team culture and an individual sport. In it, like, and I, I saw the same thing at the AIS in terms of anyone that was there on scholarship as a um, as an individual athlete. So like your swimmers, like their level of dedication was way higher than like ninety percent of the team sports there. Because I guess I, yeah, yeah, but, but I guess it's that thing. It's like well. You sort of, you've got no one else to rely on in an individual sport. And for sports like ours, it's you versus the clock. And so it's quite objective to know how well you're going. Whereas, yeah, I know they have a lot more stats in team sports now, but you can still have a great game individually and lose. And the opposite, you know, you can have a shit game and your team still wins. So, you know, I've always been fascinated or annoyed at how much a lot of team athletes get paid 
when they're not that professional Mm. when there's so many amateurs out there like you know a lot of swimmers don't make much money track and field don't make much money but they give absolutely everything every single day um yeah it does it does frustrate me and yeah that's it's a good point i i I, I can't stand this. Like, yeah. this is uh, social media. Like, I've gone down some rabbit holes of just reading comments, and the majority of people are saying, "Oh, he's a young fella. He's allowed to go and do what he wants." Yeah, he can do what he wants if he's not a fucking professional footballer on a contract getting paid this much money. Mm. Like, yeah, if he's a trader, he can go over and do that and rock up to work. But, like, this guy. Oh, just the club approved me... it though, didn't they? Like, because it's a mid-season break we're talking about here. Um, yeah, the, the club yeah, signed off one on week it. off, right? One weekend yeah, off. Yeah, one week or one week. That's not much time. Like, train. Yeah, that's a good time to get like do some running. Well, like, when you're not a recover. Sword. You know, if you're smashing beers, you're not recovering. There's all those the, often different personalities in team sports as well. Like you know, you know, endurance athletes. Like we're a bit sort of, we're a bit different compared to a lot of like team sport athletes in terms of our men- mentality. Don't you reckon? Yeah. Um, like yeah, the ones I do. Yeah. yeah. The one sport where I reckon, like it's a team sport where all individuals are invested. That I did see this at the AOS was like rowing. So rowing, it's like each individual athlete would try and be in their peak performance for the team. That was probably the one sport where, or one team sport where, all athletes were on the same page and giving absolutely everything. Do you think it's more endurance sports yeah, like where sports. you get that yeah, that yeah. real personality, like where the uh, addictive, obsessive personality yeah. comes into it? And and also, you know that to be the best, like in a lot of team sports, there's a skills component where. Yes, you can train that skills component, but for an endurance athlete, you know that generally the fitter and strong, the fitter you are, the better you're going to perform. And the only way to get fit is to train. Whereas yeah. in team sports, you have these phenomenally freaky athletes who have just, you know, great skills and they can get by and still perform well without maybe having the fitness behind them. Remember the yeah, like a Dennis ago, Rodman. Moose, yeah. They were saying... Um, Remember when Ollie Wines would come home and do water skiing, wakeboarding? Yeah, yeah. Same thing. They ripped into him for that as well. About like, but these. Yeah. No, and I agree. Like, yeah, I we agree, would never. Like, you would never do that a week out from a marathon or stuff like that. It's big money. It's big. Like, look after yourself. You are like you are your commodity. Mm. You are the you are the, the investment. Your body is the investment, and and you you're just throwing you're gambling with it by doing that stuff. I take it that we, we would all we would members. struggle, we would we would struggle in that environment knowing that your teammates weren't putting in. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh fuck. Which that. which is that, which is yeah. any Bendigo bat did that. Which is probably why a lot of people actually leave team sports. They get frustrated and they go to individual yeah, sports. It's a good thing about individual sports. Anyway, that was mm. Monday. Good points, Moose. See if you can find some more throughout my week. Uh, Tuesday <laughs> did the long run, so. That was interesting, doing a two-hour, ten-long run on a Tuesday morning, 4.19s, didn't push the pace or anything, just um, time on feet, didn't even look at the pace, got it done. Um, Wednesday, 70 minutes in the morning at 4.35s, 30 minutes in the afternoon at 4.15s. Thursday, did a bit of a light workout, just did like six by two minutes at around about 3.02 pace, just off a minute jog. 
Um, just wanted to like a bridging workout between the, the long run and the race on Saturday just to, just to do something but not be tired from that something. So I'd be still feeling it in the race. Um, and then in the afternoon, I got out for 30 minutes, 421s. Friday, 40 minutes in the morning, 421s. Uh, 30 minutes in the afternoon, 428s. And then the race we're talking about, Cruden Farm, 12K cross country down in Frankston. So um, it's about four hours each way. Well, four hours from Moama to Frankston. And then I stayed at Bendio that night. So um, only three hours home. Um, you ran this one before, Moose? 12K cross country? Cruden? No, uh, I've never been there. I really was looking forward to it. Elizabeth Murdoch's um, property. So that's uh, a claim to fame, I suppose, for the location. Who's that? Um, don't know, but my mum knew her, and my grandmother knew her, and Carly's mum. Is it one of the Mur- Murdochs, like, you know, like a, one of their family? Yeah, well, I'm just Googling no, we, her now. We don't know. We have no idea. <laughs> She's an Australian-born <laughs> British and American media executive based in the UK. So she doesn't live there anymore, but she owns it. She must be one of those Murdochs. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway, so that's the... Is she there? Did you meet her? Nah, she wasn't there. But it's like beautiful gardens for like 200 metres of the course and then you're running like paddocks and cow shit for the rest of the race. So um, it sounds glamorous when you tell people who know who Elizabeth Murdoch are that you, you go to the property to do a running race, but definitely isn't. Um, I was just mentally cooked for this one. Like I just didn't feel like I had much energy and I think coming off Launceston and um you know how you just get up and about for races i was kind of really up and about last weekend and 12k cross country really wasn't kind of wet my whistle i suppose um it wasn't making me up and about but i guess the whole team aspect with the bats was was why i was there and we had yeah three guys missing as well so um kind of yeah i was thinking about midweek maybe pulling the pin and just skipping one but kind of had to go down to to get some points and yeah warming up didn't feel great i was just telling you guys off air that i bit my tongue uh, last week pretty bad and I still sound a bit dodgy at the moment because um yeah did a good job of it and kind of that was a bit swollen and yeah I just didn't want to race to be honest but got there gun went everyone went crazy the first uh oh, 500 meters I reckon I was sitting in about 15th spot felt like my heart was in my throat just um yeah I, my heart rate was so high that first 500 meters and I just thought nah this is this is not going to be a good day maybe aim for top 20 and then everyone just settled down, probably through like 2K. Um, and then we had a really good pack, like all those guys um, I talk about a lot on this show, like Michael Kernahan, Lockie Hurd was there, uh, Toby Mende was there, Jesse Dunsmore, Tom Thorpe, Ben Kelly, you know, all those guys, Moose, all those, I Nathan Stoke was there. Uh, um, and then Andy, uh, Andy was well out in front. He went hard from the gun and... Um, Andre Waring was like maybe second or third with Seth O'Donnell and then there was a few other guys who kind of were in between packs like Reese Edwards remember Reese Edwards we've had, we talked about him before 213 marathon you remember <laughs> he's still qualified for the Gong Games is he qualified Two, isn't he Two thir- no mm-hmm. not, no, he's not qualified but Sorry, he's he'd, be, to... he'd be the second fastest marathoner in the qualification period he ran this year, that this year didn't he yeah if he didn't do it this year it was late last year so he's moved down, to, that, yeah. moved down to Melbourne. So um, so he's joined up with the St. Stephen's uh, Harriers. So another good pick up for them. They get their whole team on the park. They'll be smacking everyone up. 
They must pay some money. Oh, those, yeah. That yeah. Who wants to run for St. Stephen's Arias? They've got without... Langdon as well, so like another Canberra guy come down yeah, to Yeah, a Melbourne. lot of money uh, get changing hands in that, that club. Yeah, it's hard to compete with them when they've got that much money they're throwing around. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so we, we kind of formed this like big mega group, I suppose, maybe like 3K and we caught some of those boys. And then I was just sitting in the back and then I just had like the – the idea in my head to let the course like break people because 12k cross country is a long way like and there's a few guys in that pack that are probably more 3k 5k guys than like 10k half marathoner guys and i think 12k cross is more like a half marathon kind of strength um distance to race than a than a 10 or a or a 5 or an 8k kind of race so the group just dwindled it just um got down to about six and then four and then um Nathan Stoke went off the front to try and catch Seth and took a bloke from Knox, um, Will Collins, I think it is, with him. And then, yeah, me, Lockie Hurd and Kerners kind of sat in that next group, which was racing for six, seven, and eighth. And, yeah, we got away from a couple of the other guys. I ended up coming sixth, made a bit of a move with maybe like 400 to go to try to outkick Kerners and Lockie Hurd, who were both pretty strong. And then, um, yeah, I was I was tired. That was hard work to get that sixth finish. And, um, yeah, I'm, I don't know. It's just, it was a big, with the Sunday race into a Saturday race, it's, you know, 22K worth of racing in, in six days. Mm. Um, and it was muddy, like the spots, a few, a few photos getting around today of guys, you know, um, Shoeburger from uh, Western A's Moose, you know, Shoe. Yeah, yeah. You see the photo, he, she lost a spike and just ran the whole last 4K loop without his, <laughs> without his spike. Geez, it wasn't very hilly, just looking at the Strava nah, here. Nah, it's not real hilly, which is nice. But there's just a lot of um, just a lot of mud and a lot of, like, holes and stuff. So, like, the hills don't mm. get you, but the rhythm gets you. Um, yep. A lot of twists and turns and, yeah, tight turns and stuff like that. So um, Probably suits you, though. Your running style would be suited to that type of course, yeah, I reckon. I reckon it's one of those courses, though, where you're like, I remember thinking maybe, like, 9k in and like this actually feels a bit too easy we're gonna to have to push the pace otherwise guys are going to run over the top of us and then you just overstep that mark a bit and work a bit too hard and then the next thing you know you're like oh i'm really cooked here and i've got to hang on to the finish um this one of those ones it's hard to get your pace right on it but yeah it was good that's my because i was six at bendigo and six again there so um yeah can't complain and then just a long trip home and then just did uh stayed in bendigo saturday night and then just did an hour 50 with the boys because I'd already done my long run on the Tuesday. Um, just did my medium long run with the boys, 4.34 pace for an hour 50, 24.2K. Good group, cold, wet, um, kind of like that, you know, that really like muggy, humid stuff and then it just wets everything. That's what was going on. Feels like three, not much fun, but got it done. 157, I think, for the week. And um, yeah, another good win for the Bendigo Bats Moose. You would have enjoyed seeing that. You did go well. You did it quite easy. Probably didn't need you there, to be honest. I know. 89 we scored, Croaks. You would have been happy seeing that when you were checking the scores Sunday other. Yeah, but then you've got to get up again this weekend, don't you? Go on again this week, yeah, for the relays oh, this week. What, so. what, what leg you got? Um, I'm not sure. Maybe one of the middle ones because, like, obviously Andy will do the long one, get us off to a good start, and then, um, yeah. Which one are you going to do, you reckon? Oh, <laughs> that is a very good question. They because they go, is it 8.88 and then like 6.543 or something like that? There's, a, there's a 3K loop, which sounds great. But at the same time, it's the last leg. 
And if I am in the first division running the last leg, that is not a good, that's not good for me. So I need to find like. Yeah, but you, yeah. you don't want fitter guys over longer distances. Uh, yeah. It's more vulnerable, isn't it? So I think we'll probably go like Andy the longest, Nate Stokes second, then me third. So I might get like the 6K one. Okay, yeah. We'll see if I'm in the first or the second um, team for the race. I think I'll be in the first because this is one week out from Gold Coast and there'll be a few blokes mm. who want to go on get go on ice. But I'm encouraging them to do it as a tempo because, you know, points and all. Points and all. Team's important. And that's what – another thing, I was like, these are messy and they're ugly and it doesn't look good on Strava, but this is why I ran well at Launceston because I'm doing stuff like this. So when I was trying to, like, convince myself to go and get excited and, and have a crack at it, it's like this will pay dividends in two weeks when I get to the Gold Coast. Um, yeah, once yeah. you get on the flat, you're like, this is a piece of cake. Like, yeah, just builds that extra strength, I find. I like cross country for marathoning too. Mm. I do. A hey, question then, now the last point for your week. Yep. Who is going to beat Andy Buchanan at cross country? I wanted to bring that up when we got to um, the oh, well, results. We can wait. We, we, can can talk, wait. we can talk about it now because we can go to the results. We'll just do the results now. Just do those results now. Yeah, so Andy Buchanan won again in 36.12, so average like three-minute K pace for, for 12K, which is pretty good. Andre Waring second, 36.54. Seth O'Donnell third, 37.19. 330 people in the race. Um, Bats we spoke about before won with a team score of 89. Box Hill second, 183. St. Stephen's third, 199. Uh, who's going to beat Andy Buchanan? I don't know. And the point I was going to make is, have we seen, I don't know, in my cross-country running days, if we've seen someone as dominant on the scene? Like we see good people come and they might do a few and then disappear, but I, don't, I reckon he's won everyone he's done for the last two or three years. Um, no, one, no one's touched him for a while over cross-country. The only person I can think of would be Liam, but... I don't think he's shown up with the intention to win enough mm. like Andy does. Yeah, no, I, I think he uses them more for training sessions, Liam. And that's what I'd love to see, like Liam having a crack, maybe like a, a Joel Tobin White having a crack. Um, Brett Robinson, he said last week at the Pastor Party Croaks, he's going to be staying local until London Marathon. So like, it'd be good to see him maybe at one of them to, to see what he does on the cross against Andy. Why do you reckon they, they don't go and do it? Don't know. No idea. Because, yeah, maybe just, yeah, don't know. Not sure. Who are you, Who do you mean? Like Brett and like stuff. Like Brett and, yeah. They're probably yeah. not, Brett's, like, because he's not from Victoria, probably that team culture um, yeah. probably doesn't understand. Well, he'd, he'd understand it because he'd have mates who are involved in it, but hasn't been brought up with it. Yeah. And I think he runs for, like, APS or something. Like, needs to get into a strong culture club. Yeah, I think... Like there's probably just not a value seen on it, in and whether like you could do a, another workout at the same time, not risk the injury maybe of um, running in cross country. But Andy's not showing up for himself, is he? He's showing up for the team. It's more maybe it's like eighty percent team, twenty percent he'll get fitness from it as well. So yeah, I yeah. think you'd find though that Andy would put a lot of his like road success down to his cross-country running though yeah yeah well he's obviously got a a massive talent for it like he's doing this easy Mm. like he's winning these races easily the the amount of time he's got to second place is is just a it's 
it's a lifetime really in cross country. It'd be nice, it'd be nice, wouldn't it? Oh. Like knowing you've oh. won like you three, three minutes into the run. <laughs> second lap, you just like you just lost a bit of focus and started switching off a bit, and you're just like, oh, imagine how good that would be. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I, I mean, I think you're going to take it's it's going to take Brett to come back and do a cross country race, or it'll take Liam to show up because I think Liam can run very well over cross country without being at his fittest. Well, here's something for you, though. We're talking about how good he is at cross country. Will he make the Australian team for the cross country champs next year? Who? Andy. Well, well yes. Okay. Yes, I do. So, yes, six names. Will. Pat Tiernan, Morgan McDonald, Ollie Hoare, Stewie, Brett, Jack, Oh, maybe he won't. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, nah, you're not, you're not going to get that many guys fit on the start line of the trials. Yeah, maybe one or two of those guys be too injured. Yeah, and and I think that he he can run with those guys over cross country um, on a good day for him and a bad day for them. Okay. You know, another one would be good to see, Sam McIntyre, local Melbourne guy now. be good to see him getting around. Yeah, maybe Geelong got to send an email. Oh, hold up. <laughs> Hold up. What would be good is, is every club had like a, a budget. Imagine if AV like, hey, we've, we've got the Regos. There's so many Regos we've got this year. We're going to give every Premier Division team 2000 bucks. You can oh, give, you mean? You need a cap. salary cap. Yeah, salary you need cap. a salary can't cap. Spend any, can't yeah. spend any more than that 2000 bucks. Um, you know, if you want to give you, Bendigo, you want to give all your 2000 to Andy to keep him, all good. Or he can run for two, he'll take 200 bucks a year, then you can start spending up on some other guys. Or you can just use it for petrol or your regos or whatever. Wouldn't that be yeah. fun? Be well, we, like, yeah. I think I think you guys are doing a good job. Like not to pump up the podcast, but I think you two, the fact that you're invested from two different teams that are in the premier division, I think it's um, I think it's increasing the interest in XCR this season. Mm. Across like good. punters and you know, which is good. Like it's good for the sport. Oh mate, the amount of people on the course croaks who are just yelling out like "go bats" and stuff mm-hmm. is unbelievable. Never that's seen ridiculous. Like it. Yeah, unless they're fucking from Bendigo. No, like, no, that's it's ridiculous. Just randoms out there, moose. That is like cheer for your own team for fuck's sake. But maybe they don't Why know are you know cheering for another team? team? See that like that annoys me. You Why the, are you going to cheer for that? Because you you're the show and you're the winner of the race. Support no, the guys no. winning. You cheer for you cheer for your teammates. You don't cheer for someone you're running against. Mate, if there's inside run podcast listeners out there who live in Frankston and they just they don't know anyone from the Frankston team, and then they see Andy Buchanan getting around with a bat tattoo, who are you going to be cheering for? I uh, don't like that. No, Georgia. I'm Han- not. Che- <laughs> We're moving on. Georgia Hanson won the women's race, forty-one fifty-eight. Same thing. Melissa Duncan second, forty-three thirty-four. So huge win there. Rachel McGuinness was third, forty. 40- 405. Um, Glenn Huntley won. Team score 57. Box Hill again 68. They had first, second, and fifth and still didn't win the point score. Um, South Melbourne third and 74 points. Both races, same exact podium as last round, which was interesting. So that's that. It was good to get down there. Good to see. Big numbers again 330 in the men, 129 in the women's. Let's thank some Patreon supporters, though, fellas, just so I don't get lost where we're up to on this sheet of paper. Kick it off, yep. Croaks. All right, I've got Thomas Goodman this week. Thomas lives in St. Peter in South Australia. Uh, looks like he's a tall fella and has spent some time in the Northern Territory. 
ran his first marathon, uh, sorry, first half marathon in 97 minutes at the Great Southern Bolt. Gets on Swift a bit. Um, and Running made... Swift? Running Swift, Croaks? No, mm. bike ride one, I think. Bike ride one, mm. yeah. Yep. And uh, he maybe ran a 21.51 park run PB from the West Beach park run. So thanks for your support, Thomas. Tom, uh, I have Brian Delaney. So Brian, not a lot on Brian, no Strava or social media coming up, but maybe it's this guy from Coburg Harriers. Brian Delaney is a middle distance coach and long distance coach. Brian takes the club's Tuesday and Thursday night middle distance and endurance training groups. Perhaps this is him. He's a former member of Percy Serity's training group. Oh, that, he, he he might he's be elderly. Because mm. <laughs> Brian has many years of experience coaching groups at Coburg with a focus on distance. Well, yeah, fantastic. Being a member of Percy Serity's training group would be an interesting chat. Yeah, to, he'd have some good stories. stories mm. Yeah, absolutely. I hope it's the same guy. Um, I, just, I just went, got to the stage where I just typed his name, passed running into Google, and that's what came up. That so, how many times do you do that? Except Brady's trailful running every day. <laughs> you know what I've been doing every day lately? <laughs> been putting in my world athletes profile, waiting to see if your Launceston ten result go on there. Still hasn't gone on, boys. I'm starting to get worried. They put a cone in the wrong spot or something. Oh, uh, Nastrix, Nastrix. Why is it? Why is it not on my profile yet? <laughs> uh, that's worrying me. Anyway. Remind me to check that tomorrow when we're off air. Uh, Michael Thomas, I'm thanking you. Hard one here as well. Um, maybe this guy, because I found one Michael Thomas who follows Izzy Bat Doyle on Strava. So it could be this guy. From Cara Lee in Queensland. PBs of 22.20 for 5K, 46.07 for 10K, and 17 hours and 3 minutes for 100K. Maybe did um, racing the Planet Ultra Marathon a couple of years ago. So, Michael, I hope that's you. If so, thank you for your support, and along with all the other legends over there on Patreon.com forward slash Inside Running Podcast. Keep the show alive each week. Bring your running news, bring your interviews, bring your uh, train talk, all those kind of things. We really appreciate your support. Some running news, Thanks. boys. Thank you. Let's start with mm-hmm. Oslo Diamond League Bradley. Yep, it's been a big week in uh, distance running for Australia. We'll start off, yeah, with the women's 5K at Oslo. Uh, So we had Rose Davies in that race. She finished 16th in uh, 15.20. Now let's move to the 5K. Jack Rayner was in the mix for the majority of the race, even went to the lead with about a kilometre to go. He ended up finishing in sixth place uh, in 13.06, which moves him to third all-time Aussie, it was a PB by 28.68 seconds. Um, yeah, and he went from 51st to third. It's a world championships qualifier. Uh, and a question that Brady has put here is, what is Jack's best distance? Is he a better chance to medal in the 5 and 10 at Com Games than the marathon? Good question, you Brady. Know what I, mean? I saw that result mm. and I'm like, why have we got him in the marathon? We know the marathon, he gets injured before a lot of marathons as well. I think 10K better than five at the moment, just based on what he ran at um, in the US. Uh, like that puts him sort of in the mix, I reckon, for Com Games. Uh, and, you know, who knows, he might be able to run faster than that over 10. 
Who's, I'd say te- who's Kenya I'd say sending ten. to the Con Games track, do you know? Yeah, I don't know. But then you've got Uganda as well. Like, oh, they're, yeah. they're yeah. strong. So I still think, you know, like, I'm hoping that his 5 and 10 has improved so much since he ran his last marathons that this extra speed that he has will hopefully just make him a better marathon. Like, he'll just be so much more efficient at his old marathon pace that hope like he should be able to run faster over the marathon than what he has. So I would still say that his best chance um, at Com Games is the marathon, assuming that Kenya and Uganda send like a top a top team for the five and ten k on the track. The caveat to that though is that has he been training as a marathoner? Well, that's be- true because yeah. you can you can get better at the five k without two and a half three hour like two and well two and a half hour long runs and long marathon workouts um so i like the the question and the depends on the field like you said like who's kenya sending who's uganda sending who's who is england sending or scotland are they part of it scotland yeah yeah Yeah. so like there, there are countries out there that can send athletes that um will make meddling a, a difficult task yeah. We do know that the Kenyan marathon team is strong. So I both, think that's... Both men and women, yeah. Yeah, so there's three guys maybe under 2.5 for the marathon or under yeah. 2.6. So, I've got that I mean, here, actually. I'll be able to tell you. I was just, just listening to that the other day. Straight up, that's a difficult task to beat the 2.6 guy. Now, we don't know what shape they're in. We don't know how committed they are to this championships, but... Um, you've got like that's difficult and looking at jack's strava which i'm on now like there's not a lot of runs over two hours which as we know like the marathon like you've got to be running over two hours uh during the week to run a good marathon i think um you know his last few weeks have been sort of an hour 45 um and there's not that many weeks until the com games marathon so uh yeah which i think his volume is probably not that high just because he you know came off Obviously, the niggle, well, not the niggle, but the, the fracture at the, um, the Olympics. Then he broke the Aussie 10K record, and then I think he had a niggle after that. So he's probably just being a little bit cautious when it comes to his mileage. So it doesn't look like that he's targeting marathon training at the moment. The three guys Kenya named, their season best from the last year was 204, 205, 205. Mm. And the women was 230, 222, 222. Mm. Yeah. So, so yeah. yeah. Two, 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 twenty-two ladies are going to be up there. You'd expect. All right. I'll put I'll put this one to you, Moose. Like I know Brady likes hypotheticals. I'm not as much. I'm not as much for them. Give me one. But, but based on the fact that Jack has already run what two eleven, but now he's running what twenty-seven low and like thirteen minutes. Once he goes back to the marathon training and assuming he stays in one piece, is he likely to break the Aussie marathon record? Yeah, I think he is. Mm. Because he's shown us being being able to run very fast half marathons and win races and be competitive at big events, Um, I I think, yes, the answer for me is, yeah, he can do it. Yeah, I agree. He's the guy. All right, so that was the 5K. Um, and then in the mile, this was this was incredible to watch. So um, Jakob won the race, 
Uh, he just missed the European record. But the only guy that really went with him was Ollie. And Ollie just sat on him for as long as he could. And I listened to the um, the Coffee Club podcast and his plan was to sit and then with 300 to go, try and put some pressure on Jakob. But um, he just wasn't able to do that. But the fact that he his goal was to like just sit with him for as long as he can, like dragged him around to an Aussie record. So um, Ollie ran 3.47 point four eight so that broke stewie's record by point zero uh, no, sorry point eight nine of a second which stewie set there last year it was a pb by 3.35 seconds for him oceana record 13th fastest all time um sixth fastest in commonwealth in commonwealth history and number two in the world for 2022 so it was a it was a sensational run, and he, he's so gutsy, Ollie. Like, he's happy just to put it on the line and have a crack. So what do you boys think? Oh, amazing, wasn't it? Yeah, so good. Oh, I didn't it? watch – I haven't seen it um, I haven't seen it yet, but I remember seeing the time come through and going, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> I remember I've read – well, it was Rod Dixon's book, actually. It's a good book. Um talks about when they used to run those big miles like the dream mile it was like dixon co ovet um there was the american is it spence or smith at the time ah oh, gee who oh, was that nah. he used to wear the sunny scott yeah yeah steve, steve, scott, scott. steve scott. scott sorry yeah um and you had the uh the moroccan um shit Sayedawida? say was it no i think it was a bit afterwards um who was that anyway um and they were they were like rolling these world records and this was proper miling at its at its absolute height and and obviously we don't see the mile that much anymore but we have reference to the times like if someone said oh i ran the 1200 in this we don't know but we there's a lot of historical context for these mile times. Mm. Um, and I, when I see 347, I go, shit, I know what that means. Like, that is, <laughs> that's the 13th fastest ever. Yeah. Mm. yeah. It reminded me of the Aussie, um, Aussie titles last year where it was just Stewie and Jai, but on, like, a world stage where it's like they just left everybody else in their wake. It was just those two guys. Yeah, uh, you're ripping off a white man a bit there. He tried to go yeah. with them. Yeah, all right. Well, three then. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it certainly puts him in a good position now for Com Games and even world, world Champs. He's going to get a medal, my boy. Remember the show end of last year? Who to watch this year? Who to watch? Holy whore, boys. It was, Holy already, uh, it was already one to watch. Oh, mate, he's, he's gone from, like, will he make the final at the Olympics? Maybe that'd be a good result to, like, we're expecting a medal now, Ollie. Well, Jakob's the only Jakob, Jakob's the only guy that he hasn't beaten now, mm. like, of all the big names. I see he's going back to train now. That's it. Yeah. Which is good. Don't want to over-race. Uh, yeah, and last race there, um, from an Aussie point of view, was Kat Bissett in the 800. She finished seventh in 159.4, another season's best. Uh, and she also released, um, in collaboration with Beyond Blue, a video uh, over the weekend. So we'll put that video in the show notes. I haven't seen it, though, Brady. Have you? Very Obviously good. you have. Yep, yeah. yep. very good. Yeah. I watched it. Oh, man, I don't watch many videos. Like, I 
I see something that go, went, goes for that long and I skip it. And I, I opened this up, I watched it, which is a big deal. Like, it's significant for me. And I thought it was just one of the best um, short, we'll call it a short movie, really, mm. or a short clip of, of um, basically, like, Cat Bissett just being totally open and honest and no, no bullshit, like, not trying to get anything out of it. It just... It was just great. I loved it. I just how long does it go for? Oh, three and a half, four and a half minutes, something like that. Yeah, (laughs) I thought Moose was making out was like like a forty-five minute video. A four and a half minute video for me. (laughs) I normally look to see if there's a punchline in the first three seconds. I'm skipping it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, but it was a uh, a great meet from an Aussie point of view at Oslo. That was like Thursday night, I think, and then Paris Mm. Diamond League on the weekend, Moose. Yeah. Um, sorry, go again. Paris happened on the weekend. Oh, yeah. But yes, well, we saw another Australian record. Jesus, it was a big weekend. Um, Peter Bowl ran the Aussie record, 144 flat, fourth in the world this year. Again, I missed the race. I'm sorry. I'm just not all over this. I'm not all over the replays. He was, um, he was second, though, in the race. Croaks, did you watch who it? Who beat him? French guy, wasn't it, Croaks? Yeah, so I so this was um they didn't put this one on live. I don't think on Fox Tell they like played it later in the day, and so I did record it. But by that, because I think it was on from nine to eleven that morning, and I went running at like ten thirty, um, and so I'd already seen the result. So I didn't. I, I did see the last part. He came home like a train, um, which. The thing I like about Pete now is we've known that he's been a great 800 meter runner, but his 1500 like shows that he's just got so much more strength now. Um, so yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens over the next like month or so. But um, yeah, I didn't watch the race, but I saw the last hundred. Benjamin Robert won it. French guy 143.7. Mm-hmm. He took down Boss though. Giles, some big names there. Oh yeah, coming into form at the right time. Although, how long is World Champs now? Six weeks? No, no, no. Oh, it's less than that. It's like Four three weeks. and a half tops. Three and a half, yeah. He's in form at the right time then, isn't he? They it, get it right. They get they it get, right. They get All it right, right, that group. Um, how many? Why it starts, Moose. Yeah. Question for you boys. Uh, how many medals will Australia win from from a distance point of view? So we'll go from 800 metres up at the World Championships, and how many will we win at the Commonwealth Games? Oh, that's a hard question. Yeah. Well, maybe I mean, maybe who who's a medal contender? All right. So Ollie is a medal contender at both. Pete Bowles a medal contender at both. Yeah. The thing is, there's no difference between World Champs and Com Games because the athletes at Com games still got to go up against the Kenyans and the Ugandans and the Europe, like English. Nah, it's more difficult. World, world it's champs more is difficult. harder. Yeah, it is a bit, but it's still a challenge at Com games. Yeah. yeah, but it's easier to get to the final. There's less. True. Yeah, there's. Yeah, okay, I, I'll pay that. Yeah, Com I'll, games yeah. more difficult. I was more thinking if you're in contention for one, you're probably in contention for both. Mm. I don't know if we've got any athletes who'd say no for world champs, but yes for Com games. Uh, maybe the steeplers, steeple chasers. So uh, yeah, good point. So you've got like, obviously the African nations, but we're no, pretty no Ethiopia though. 
Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure how Uganda goes in the steeple. Mm. Like, they're obviously strong at 5K, 10K. Uh, yeah, good but point. Yeah. Mm. Jess Hull put her down for, for some medals. Probably more com games than worlds, I reckon. Okay. But what do we get at um, Gold Coast com games? We've got Luke Matthews, Shelley, and then... Lisa and Jess. Lisa and Jess. So we got, what, four. So are we going to get more than four this time? Four's pretty good. Four's pretty good. Like, especially, like... Not to discount the quality of the marathon fields at Gold Coast, but it sounds like Kenya's sending stronger teams this time around. Oh, absolutely. The yeah. Kenyan teams were very, very weak at Gold Coast. Yeah, so that you know, that could make it a little bit harder. Um, but we've probably got better chance on the track this time around. Mm. And then we've got Stewie. You know, word on the street that Stewie's getting back into shape. Lyndon Hall. Lyndon, yeah. George, well, we don't know he's on the team yet, do we? No, we don't. It's a good point, yeah. Brady. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we know Liam's there. We know Jack's there. We know Sinead. Sinead's there. Sinead would be sniffing out a medal for sure, I think. Mm. Yeah. Oh, well, all of those girls will be. Well, we don't know who the other two are. <laughs> yeah, that's, but it doesn't matter. True. <laughs> They'll all be sniffing a medal out. Yeah. A message now from our podcast partner, Lululemon. We've been talking about and wearing Lululemon, and if you're after new running gear for your run season goals, you know where to go. Lululemon have designed this season's run gear with technical and functional details. From internal zip pockets for the small necessities, to variations in lengths for women's and men's running tights and shorts, to sweat wicking fabrics and mesh panelling exactly where you need it. With superior fit and technical innovation, Lululemon designs gear to last and perform day in, day out, no matter the weather. Not convinced? Try it out for yourself with free shipping and free returns for all online orders. Go to www.lululemon.com.au. Yeah, exciting times. Uh, Sandgate Park Run, Bruce. You see this? Are we reporting on park runs now? Mate, the amount of we DMs. Do, we do this every year. We did, this, we did it last year as well, I reckon. The amount of DMs we got about this park run over the weekend was incredible. Yeah, well. Is it, is it AIM certified? I don't know. I don't care. I just want to keep the people happy who DM'd us over the weekend. So this is—it's obviously a fantastic little race they got going on. Maybe like replaces their cross-country series or something. Um, but they had sixty-nine people run under seventeen minutes, twelve men under fifteen minutes. Our man, the milkman, Kieran Perkins, got the win, fourteen fourteen, and then our other man. Hobbsy, Aiden Hobbs ran 14-16 right off the back. Lachlan Cook, third place, 14-19. So a good little group they had going. And in the ladies, I got two results here. Carafine Ryan ran 16-18. And Caitlin McQuilkin-Bell ran 16-48. So from that, um, like, here's the problem. And I saw there was a um, – I saw that – that was a uh, park run in Albury. Looks a bit short. There's a record for park run. Andy Badley has it. You know him? Mm-hmm. Does he yep. still have it? Oh, no, I might have got that wrong. I Riley reckon Cox he... has the Australian one, doesn't he? I don't know who has the Australian one. But I know that 
I thought Andy Badley had it. He definitely he... had the world one. Yeah, the world one. Yeah. But anyone can put a cone out anywhere on the park run course. Jude Thomas like... has the Australian one. Oh, does he? Yep. 14, not... 14.02. Oh, wow. That's quick. Mm. Yeah, there's just no, like, there's no, um, there's no, uh, oh, what's the right word? Credibility. Um, Certification. There's, yeah, both of those, there is credibility because it's a running race still, but there's just no, um, oh, geez, struggling with this. I wasn't meaning to say there wasn't any credibility. I was just trying to guess the word that you were trying to say. Yeah, no, I'm, I mean, like, there's no onus on the race to put the cone in the right spot. You know, like, there's no, like, check back and go. Do you know that, though? No, I don't know that. Because there is, like, protocols. Like, someone's got to check the course beforehand and, like, there's different volunteer roles where you've got to tick the tick the boxes before it starts. So you you were involved. Like, what is the... Um, I was involved what... when a Chuga started up, but that was years ago, and I wasn't in, involved with, like, where the actual course is. Um, we just go out and back on a bike path. And I know yes. there was some roadworks going on a couple of weeks ago when I went back down there and they had to move the start back because it would have come up short if they, um, they had to cut out a little bit of a corner. So I know they made it, whereas I just thought, oh, I'll just be 20 metres short today. But they were moving, yeah, who cares, the, right? yeah, moving the start back to, yeah, which I, yeah, I thought that was good, good move. I think it will, ju- it will obviously just depend on um, the, the race and who's working that day. But I, this isn't about that. This is about parkrun providing a racing opportunity for a lot of people in brisbane which is pretty cool like i really like this as long as they pencil this in a long way out as well that they're all going to go the same day because this is not every saturday morning yeah yeah and it's obviously like an organized place to run fast with a course that's measured hopefully um and there's starters there's finishes like there's a start line a finish line uh you're, you're right, it's good that they're organising a long way out. Um, the, 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 the thing with Parkrun is that I reckon since it started, it's making the local event community, it's it's making it a bit harder for them because if someone wants to go and run a like, fun run, say, oh, I'll go to Parkrun instead, I won't pay 30, 40 bucks for an entry to this local fun run and I'll go and do Parkrun instead. It might be on the same day or it might be like the fun runs on the Sunday. And I like I, it's just a bit tricky because I've seen some very hardworking, very good-willed event folk struggling with their events lately. Um, and I think the park run thing has a bit to do with it. What about with events going to less on closing roads and doing more events on bike paths like park run do? Have you noticed you that think, as well? Well, I don't think that's a good thing for the event. Um, I know, but, I, but I'm seeing more of that creeping in, which then yeah. becomes more comparison to a park run. Yeah, which yeah. Then make, people make that arg- argument like, hang on, we're just painted now to a fun run on the park run course and a bit extra somewhere else. Yep, I know what you mean. I'm, and... I'm, yeah, I must admit, I find it hard to get excited about races that I know are going to be on like a bike path. Yeah, there's, exactly. some, there's something about doing a race on a closed road. Yeah. Yeah, that makes, that makes it seem special. Yep, definitely. But imagine the cost. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, good chat there. Croaks, New South Wales cross country. 
Uh, yeah, so that was held um, at Nowra on the weekend. Uh, Aaron Parker, uh, he got the win over Benny Saint. So Aaron ran 31.56, although time's not really that relevant for cross-country. Uh, Benny was second, 32.02. Luke Hintz uh, from Wollongong was third in 32.20. Um, Bankstown won the men's competition, Sydney Uni second, um, and what, an ACT team third. Yeah, combined uh, ACT team. I like that. Yeah. Go up okay. there. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so then in the women's, um, Paige Campbell, first in 36.18, Ainsley Van Graan, second, 36.33, and Jess Noble, who's a patron, uh, was third in 37.05. Uh, run crew with the only team there, 21 points. Must be hilly, that one, Croaks. Nice course, uh, though, ran that one. Yeah, so the course has changed a few times. So it used to be, like, there used to be this mongrel of a hill that was, um, like, when they had National Cross there in, like, 2009, the hill was there. And then I didn't run it again until 2019, and they'd taken out the the back hill. So it was still hilly, but the, yeah, the bad hill is not on the course anymore. And, and I think the course was slightly different to the course that I ran in 2019 as well this year. Yeah, looks nice. A yeah. uh, bit of around the grounds here, Moose. Some European results to finish it off. Linden Hall ran four flat point something um, somewhere, maybe in Spain. Yeah, uh, do you guys know anything more about this? I saw, is it Mitch, our, our friend actually, Mitch Wilcox, he was filming it. I saw it on his Instagram. Yeah. He was in, he was in the crowd. So that's all I saw of that, to be honest. Um, we could probably look that up, but I looked on our World Athletes profile today, and there was nothing on there. Nothing there. Yeah. Not yet. Um, ben Buckingham ran a three k steeple. Massive from him. Eight nineteen seven in Turku, Finland. Good return to form with another qualifier because the other one was from the Olympics. So we like that from Ben. Big fan. He is of us, of course. Um, <laughs> training talk. Oh, that's it. We're in the next section. Well, it was a good bounce back from Bucks, wasn't it? Like the last couple haven't gone his way. Come back to do that. I like that mm. from Bucks. Yeah, he wasn't showing great form. Um, it was something like, actually, I should, oh, should put, pull out the message, but he dropped something like 47 seconds in a month, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Um, and Lyndon's but... run um, makes it tougher for the selectors as well because now you've mm. got three women, so... Jess, Lyndon, and Georgia, yep. who have run like four minutes flat or faster. Um, but our other girl who won the national title has only run 4.03. So, um, yeah, Abby Caldwell. Yeah, oh, so, yeah. Yep, I, I, thought, I saw that result and thought, oh, boy, here we go. They were never <laughs> leaving Lyndon off anyway. No, though, I don't think so. Don't think so, no. No. Yeah, watch the space on that one. Uh, training Talk is next. This segment is proudly brought to you by Lululemon. Lululemon have designed technical gear with the runner in mind to last more than the season. Head to lululemon.com.au to find out more. Bradley, combined with our listener question this week again. Yeah, so the question comes from Sydney. Uh, with races coming up soon everywhere, the usual talk is about pre-race food, but what about hydration? what to drink, not to drink, how much, when to drink, etc. Personally, I would love a refresher, and I'm sure others out uh, out there would appreciate it as well. 
Thanks, mm. Sydney. Long time you know, for Sydney. Good bloke. I got a um, – It's. I don't think it's a myth. I heard it somewhere from a credible source once. But I – it it advi- like whoever it was advised to start hydrating about five to seven days before the race, mm-hmm. and one of the things was that if you hydrate earlier like that, you can increase your chances of being hydrated on the start line without having to do it too late. Where if you drink too much the day before, your bladder gets full and you wake up in the night and you ruin your night's sleep. That and that that's very weird like benefit to hydrating earlier in the week but i always thought about it and i'm like yeah that makes sense you don't want to wake up in the middle of the night and have to take a piss mm. i always heard the saying though like we're not camels and we can't store water yeah like there's no point hydrating that far out because <laughs> because of that yeah. like you just yeah just losing th- it i think um yeah, I, I always, like, my personal thing is have my drink bottle with me at all times the week before the race. So don't, like, you, you still drink to thirst. You're not trying to do something. It's not like carb loading where you're eating sometimes outside of your hunger and you're putting food on top of food. You don't really want to put water on top of water, but you just don't let yourself get in a position of dehydration in the week leading up. So there's always a water, like a hydration source next to you. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, that's like at, at, when I wake up, I'll drink with breakfast and then um, I'll have my water bottle with me in the car driving to work. And then at work, I'll have it next to me at the desk. Um, and then I drive home and I'll have a water bottle in the time it takes from the, to, to drive home. Um, so it's just basically being a little more diligent having it next to me. And then when you get to the, the 24 to 48 hours beforehand, I'll often carb load using sports drinks and those sports drinks will have, will be a lot of fluid involved with that. So I'll tend to be quite hydrated from the fluids that I'm drinking in the um, lead up, like as part of the carb load. Just constantly like sipping, like no big sessions where it sits in your stomach. Like, I've stuffed that up before and it just bounces around. Um, so, yeah, just constantly, like, little sips, but frequently. Um, I often chuck in, like, the multivitamin or electrolyte tablets or something like that just to mix it up so it's not all No, which water. one? They're very different. Uh, oh, so not – yeah, both of them. Like, I often uh, – pre-race, I won't have a multivitamin, but I try to have one of those, like, every day when I'm training. Um, but then pre-race, I'll have an electrolyte, just chuck one of those in and, yeah – um, and post-race as well. I like to have one of those. Um, yeah. I'm not sure. I think it's more, um, you know, just to mix up the taste buds because water gets a bit boring. But I suppose that's why you've got the Morton, you've got the Gatorade and stuff like that as well. Do you have any, like, certain rules you follow about meals per body weight or anything like that? Not with hydration. It's a little difficult um, because everyone's different in our salt content, like mm. our... Like it is, there are uh, there are no hard and fast rules like there is for carb loading where you can get a specific amount using a formula, yeah. Um, and that's what you're aiming for. Just like during the race, when you're aiming for specific amounts of carbohydrate, it's very different for um, sodium, like your sodium intake and hydration. And so, yeah, that's why I don't. That's why I will. Maybe I'll have like in the lead up so say like the five days before i might alternate a bottle of water with a 
with one with maybe a shots tab or a, like a noon tablet in there, um, like you do, Brady. Mm. Anything else here, Crocs? Uh, not really. Gold Coast I, I don't, yeah, so I don't have any rules. Like I'm, I'm, I focus more on the carb load in terms of like rules of trying to get a certain amount of carbs in, whereas hydration for me is more about, yeah, just as you said before, being diligent in the week beforehand and making sure you get to the start line um, hydrated. The one thing I use fluids for in the carb load is, you know, if I get to like Saturday lunchtime and I'm feeling a bit bloated because of all of the um, like starchy carbs that I've been eating, that's where like juices and sports drinks come in handy because you can still get a lot of carbs in without it making you super bloated. Um, but from a from a performance point of view, I probably focus more on hydration and getting stuff in. Like obviously I get to the start line hydrated, but if you're running a marathon and it's going to be potentially warm, you need to be really diligent during the race. Like, and so I'm, I'm, I probably focus more on making sure I drink during the race, especially early on, than I actually do before the race. If that makes sense. Mm. Yep. Because I think most people's race gets ruined by not drinking enough during the race, as opposed to being on the start line hydrated. Yep. Thanks for the question, Sydney. Uh, Moose on the loose, listener question. Before I do that, though, I do need to thank Lululemon, the training talk partner. Their new run range is designed with lightweight fabrics, thoughtful features like keyside zipper pockets and mesh paneling to keep you running whatever the weather. Visit lululemon.com.au to find out more. Moose on the loose, purchase of the week. Um, well, I think I've done the Jordan Degoe as my moose on the loose today, or like just the lack of professionalism around that sort of stuff in football. Um, purchase of the week. Well, what have I purchased? Nah, I've been pretty frugal at the moment. I got nothing there. I've been very good lately. Very good. Like the amount of shit that Bree buys for this baby of ours, like there's nothing left for me. I've got there's nothing left on the credit card. I go to buy something and it's maxing out. And then I look at what's showing up daily. Oh, we bought this puzzle and then well, we got this book and oh, a new set of these clothes or like, God, she got like 800 sets of singlets. Why do we need another one? Just hard work. They grow though. They got to grow out of those little ones. Yeah, but she ain't growing that quick. Okay. You reckon it's more like a fashion thing? Insta baby. I think she's obsessed with online shopping. Like, <laughs> I think when the like during a feed, she just sits on her phone and shops for stuff. Now she's on the marketplace. She's looking for to buy. I saw it the other day. I like walked past. I saw her on her phone. She's talking to someone about buying a xylophone. Like on market <laughs> on marketplace. I'm like, we don't a need xylophone. that. A xylophone. Yeah. Oh, the baby will like it. Oh, I'm baby like, xylophone. Oh god, fucking hell. Viv, Viv loves the marketplace as well. Oh, it's but, a dumb thing. But it's more, it's more giving stuff away. I'll often come home from work and there'll be something out on our doorstep. I'm like, where's that going? She's like, oh, someone's coming to pick it up in like five minutes. I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as long as they don't knock on the door and you have to deal with it. Cause... No, I think that's why she just, I think that's why they just get left out there. Especially yeah, if there's, especially if, it, if you're giving it away and you're not getting any money for it. Oh yeah, no interaction, please. Yep. <laughs> so she's just doing it just to clear stuff out. Just to clear stuff out, yeah. But then she'll often buy things on there as well. So um, yeah, it's a good way of, I guess, getting stuff for half price or even even more off than buying everything brand new. 
Imagine going to pick something up and then you've got Brad Croker just coming in the driveway and you look over and you're like, am well, I at Brad Croker's house? Get well, the fuck out of here. Or the shed. So no one knows who I am. In the, in the, what a day. shed on a treadmill. Oh, yeah. Just I've got the Sweet head on cranked. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that, would be, that would be a really good day for those people. I have the garage, the garage door's down when I'm doing the heat stuff. Oh, put it up, mate, if people walking past. Yeah, no, how are they going to know? Give them a bit of a show. How are they going to know how good you are? Uh, well, you never look that you never look that fast when you're running on the treadmill anyway. Doesn't matter how fast you're going. Uh, you <laughs> don't. Um, okay, so that's that. No real segment there for you, Moose. Two different. Sorry, that's all right. You I mean, I added I added one in. Like, do you want me to go again? Uh, well, you had Moose. You had a Moose on the loose. Had yeah. Earlier on. Talk about. I mean, we got stitched up by AV this week, didn't we? We went through Ooh. a bit of a debacle about yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Geelong getting disqualified from the first round of AV Relays. Didn't even tell us. <laughs> Didn't even tell us. Not a single email went out to Geelong to say, hey, you've got no points for round one because one of your members wasn't, one of your runners wasn't registered. Uh, here's their receipts that of their registration, actually. Oh, yeah. Sorry. How bad. But <laughs> But no one told us. Like, this Did is, you not know until I told you? I saw the la- – yeah, that's right. Yeah. You sent the ladder through and I'm like, hey, why has Geelong got no points? This is like three weeks after the race. Oh, the way longer been- than that. Way longer, exactly. Six weeks after, yeah. Surely the courtesy thing is to go, hi, Geelong Region Cross Country, we're not giving you points this week because one of your members wasn't registered. Uh, if you'd like to explain that here or whatever – they just oh, I just thought that was rough, and I'm like, there's a bit of a vendetta against Geelong this year. The bad there's, boys. We're the real underdogs. Chip on the shoulder stuff down in down in G Town. Well, it worked. <laughs> worked on the weekend. You came out firing. Mate, the boys were upset about this. The boys got to get keep, keep me in trouble. They're going to go spray the officials soon. <laughs> like I got to have a word to them because they're they're running with fire in their bellies right now. Calm them down a bit. Uh, and it's good for them. They need a bit of this. But, geez, just keep them back. Like, keep them in their tent before the race. And then just one minute before the start, I'll open the tent and they just, I say, get to the start line, you're off. You, yeah. you don't want to mix them with the public when they're like this. <laughs> so, Brady, with with um, this XCR, like the fact that you've won three in a row, at what point can you guys afford to almost throw around? Oh, you can never throw one. Because you just be um, so if you win you get twelve points. If you second you get ten, and then nine, eight, seven. So you get that bonus point if you win. Yeah. But for example, like we're like perfect score so far. So we're on thirty six, but there'd be a team that's what like four, five behind us. Probably Box Hill. I think they've been third, third, and then second. So if you throw one and go down the bottom, you only get one point. They get twelve. Like they make up eleven points. You know what yeah. I mean? So you can never throw a round. Yeah. But when can you start relaxing, Croaks? That's, yeah. um, yeah, you'd probably, well, not for us, because if Andy gets picked for Com Games, like, we're, we're screwed. We lose our, lose the champ. So yeah. um, we are just got to try and win as many as possible just in case he gets picked and goes. Um, so, yeah, and, like, yeah, we got, like, the Beast is out injured, Archie's out injured. Like, we got holes to fill, so, um. Yeah, take, Archie retired, right? Take it. Now he was there watching on the weekend. That's good support, isn't it? Drive for four hours to come watch. Yeah. I would have thought, though, like Bendigo winning or Bendigo region winning Div 1 
with with all people from Bendigo mm. would almost be like enough reason for Andy to say, nah, not worried, not not worried about Com Games mm. this year. Want to win XCR? Yeah, give him one. Hey, the man's never worn an Australian singlet before. Come on. I know. I was joking. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. Uh, good gag, uh, which does bring us to what's coming up. Hopefully in this time, when this one goes out, we do have a Com Games team, a World Champs team. I see that the um, qualifier periods for the World Champs is still open until the 26th. So you're telling me the marathoners for the World Champs won't know until the end of this week, potentially. Um, I don't know. This stuff confuses me. I'm also waiting for that Gold Coast announcement as well to get us excited about who's racing up there. Live show, getting close to capacity. Probably like 40, 45 tickets left maybe. So if you want one of those, check the link in our um, Instagram bio or just Google, like Inside Running Podcast, live at the Gold Coast to uh, come away a live recording, have a couple of beers, catch up. We've got a couple of guests really close to being locked in. So um, some big names there, which will be good. And then that's all I've got coming up, boys. You guys doing anything special? Crooks? Training? Uh, yeah, pretty quiet this week. Just a um, couple of light sessions, maybe 90 minutes on 90 minutes Sunday. This is nice. the week, though. I was telling my marathoners this. Like, this is the week. Get your gels ready. Make sure your shoes are all good. Make sure your socks are good. What are you doing for drinks? All that sort of, like, admin stuff. At the running stuff. company, Geelong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anything you need to get posted to you, get it sorted now because you don't want to be worried about this next week. Yeah. Good points. Yeah, good points. Yeah. Very good points. You can't, the training doesn't really matter from here on in. You can get more tired, but you can't get much fitter, but you can be more organised. Mm. Moose, what are you doing? Yeah, well, I'm going to head back to work tomorrow. So I did have a bit of a spell. haven't been at work for a few days. Nice to tune out, actually. Um, not tune out, but, you know, like not look at all your work stuff popping up on your computer. So I head back to work, and then on Saturday I will be seeing you at St. Anne's. Yeah. You're going to – yeah, so I'll be, I'll be there. I'll be at St. I hope I'm up against you. Oh, well, I'm – well, unless it's the first leg, we're not going to be running together, are we? Mm, yeah, Regardless, true. you're going to be a bit ahead. I mean, Bendigo haven't looked like getting beaten at the moment. How how was you? Because people come up to me, they're like, "Can't wait till you like talk to Moose about it and like give him give him some shit about it. he didn't think you guys were going to be in Division One and like how are you feeling about it now? Do you want to take any of his statements back about how Bendigo didn't deserve to be there? No, no. So I, funnily enough, Didn't you say this. In, stuff like that. I was, I was actually thinking about this on my run yesterday. Because we and, like the Geelong team. I talked to them before the race, after the race. There's a lot of love between Bendigo and Geelong, like blue collar country teams. I, I, I was. You have well and truly shown that you are competitive in Division One, hmm. but that doesn't change the fact that all the other Division One teams got there by earning their place. And Bendigo didn't. Can you imagine if we were doing this, what we're doing this year, though, in Divi 2? Yeah, don't care. Oh, I would have just made a whole care. joke of the whole situation, the whole race. There is no joke because you would have been there the year <laughs> after and you would have earned your spot and no, everyone's happy. No and, and tradition survives and those that are patient and earn their way <laughs> in will continue to be in. And those that don't get little heads up and their victories seem a little shallower. This is the exact official stuff you're just talking about in your moose on the loose. Things <laughs> no, are it's change. not at all. Yeah, old school officials that always do stuff the black and white way. Uh, anyway. I'm happy. I'm happy that you guys got in via the COVID clause. Yeah. Is that 
Call it the COVID clause. COVID clause. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Good way to put it. All right, show's over. See you on the weekend, Moose. See you next weekend, Crocs. Have a good week, boys. See you, boys. Bye. Lululemon believe that running is discovery. It's about the feeling you find along the run route. Freedom, peace, euphoria. Discover their technical run collection at lululemon.com.au.